there we are, rambling with grace. Oh, no, rambling with wisdom. Am I not on? Am I, am I on? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Here, I can go over here. Am I on now? Can you hear me? I can't hear me. Um, Pastor Tim is trying to teach me how to um, fill in <laughs> when there's moments of un unrest or whatever. But anyways, I have the privilege of ending something to start something. So we went for, like he said, we went from Revelation and back all the way to Genesis. But what I'm going to talk about too is, mine is actually in, in the beginning of Genesis and at the end of Revelation. And what it is, is I'm just going to go through the middle part of the Bible, okay? Tonight, you guys all ready? Because we know this is like two, two or three verses. This is a couple verses. No. Look at those eyeballs popping out now. So have you ever been to giving advice to your children or a friend, co-worker, or maybe an employee? They, too, for a while, like in case a boss gives you instruction and gives you a helper, you know, here, come and help me do this. And the helper seems to do something wrong, you get in trouble and it just makes everything all fall apart. Let's say you're in charge of a nuclear plant, a big old nuclear plant, okay? They, you're told you have dominion over everything. You got dominion over everything. What you say goes, everything's going to follow your word, everybody's going to do things. And you know what? You can't do it on your own, I'm going to give you a helper. And, but I don't want you to bother with this one thing. See this button over here? If you press it, touch it, or do anything, that's it. No more. You're gone. You're going to die. You guys, gonna, you guys catching on, you Bible people, where I'm going to? <laughs> here, so, so sometime later, you know, you're working real fine and everything's going smooth, and something comes up to your helper and says, that person really say that that button's going to hurt you? Come on. Do you really think that, you know, I don't know what we call, if she called him Adam or whatever, but you really think that Adam was telling the truth? You think that he, his boss was saying a lie? Come on, I think that you could touch it. Come on, do you really think that you would really die? So the person took it. And then here, here we go. That's the in-between. That that, um, so I'm going to... Um, Kind of, I made up that story, so I don't think it was true. So, <laughs> you guys are like, what the heck? I don't hear no nuclear explosions. So, I want to open up and um, as we read the Bible and read Genesis two eight through nine, and then Revelations twenty two one through five. We're going to talk about two trees: tree of the knowledge of, 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 of the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And there's something in between the two trees because. In Revelation, in Genesis, you hear about the tree of life, and in Genesis, that's it, right? Yeah, and in Genesis, the tree of life, but the tree of knowledge and good and evil is what we're living in now because of the because of the result of of of, of, a, of a sin, and we got cursed. So, 
Let's go with this. Genesis 2, 8 through 9. Please read along with me. And the Lord, Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. There, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the spirit and good for the food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil also. So, that's it. So Adam gets his instructions, and then he and then God makes Eve and, and he makes Eve's aware of it. Say, hey, you know, God told me, you know, we can't we can have everything but eat of this tree. This is straightforward instructions. It's like, you know, you're gonna tell your kid, hey, don't touch that hot plate. What do they want to do? Touch it. Hey, don't go over there. Or hey, don't look at that elephant's facing out the window. Oh, see, you guys followed instruction. You didn't go with my temptation. All right, cool beans there. So like a field of mushrooms. Now I'm going with this lady. You know, you can eat all these mushrooms, but these certain types and kinds of mushrooms. And we'll get with that later. Well, let's look at what the Lord, well, let's look at Revelations 22, 1 through 5, where eventually after all this, there's another tree of life. The same one probably. So let's go that. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city also on either side of the river the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit yielding its fruit each month it's interesting have you tried to visualize this tree the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations no longer will there be anything accused acute cursed sorry not accused i always did that as a kid I always read it as accused but it's accursed but the throne of god of the lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads and the night will be no more. This is important. They will need no light for the lamp or the sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. That's a lot. So there we got the tree of life, but something happened in the middle and that's what we're going to talk about. And then later on next week, then we're going to talk about God's grace through it all. So it's very interesting if you really start reading the Bible, it all ties in together. There's not one thing that just stands alone and nothing doesn't refer back to it. So someday we'll be feeding off the tree of life, which, you know, which is nice because now we're all once some, this sounds more, we're going to, we're going to, we're all going to die. There's, it is, there's nothing, not, nothing out of it. We can't get out of death. And I know recently I've experienced it a lot, but it happens. And then, but yet, what are we going to do? What, what are we taking care of our soul afterwards? We're going to talk about that later. The tree of life mentioned in the book of Genesis and Revelation, and only these two parts and a couple other parts it's, men- it's mentioned. So, given the tree created enhanced, I put a word in here, potentially, no. Perpetually sustained the physical life of humanity. The tree was planted by God in the Garden of Eden. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground. The tree was pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and evil, like I said in the first verse. um, The central location of the tree was quite easy, accessible for Adam and Eve to reach. So it was like in the middle. You know, like how you see like an old town square and then the courthouse is in the middle. Everybody can go to the courthouse. Or a lot of times you have the meeting place in the middle, but I guess that's where the tree turns. Everybody can see it. Kind of like God's throne. Everybody can go and see his throne because we worship well. 
So I got to ask myself questions. And a lot of times when I'm reading stuff, I, I question myself or I question what's going on. So did they eat the bark of the tree was one of my questions. And you can actually, I looked that up, you can actually eat. There's some bark that is edible. You could take the bark off and eat it for survival. And I go, okay. Well, you know, I was trying to imagine what they're peeling bark of. I don't know. We don't know. But um, was it fruit that the tree, was, was it really fruit that the tree produced? Or was it just a symbol of, of I want, of, are you going to really obey me or not? You know, it could have been that. I mean, a lot of times we pretend it's an apple. And maybe that's why I don't like apples. But yeah, I do. Um, there's, there's so there's not much mentioned about that, so it's kind of really unclear. But I have to leave it as it's written here in Scripture, which that's where I'm not going to tell you some weird story or whatever. I can see some symbolic things that the tree of life or the tree of knowledge and good and evil rep- represents, and I really think that that's where it rests upon. So after they ate of that tree, God cursed the ground. So all of a sudden, they realized that they were, they, were, they were filled with nakedness. They were filled with all the sin. All of a sudden, that's what it was. All of a sudden, they were knowledgeable of sin. But God stopped Adam and Eve from entering back into the garden. So well, why did he stop Adam and Eve from entering back into the garden? Because if they would have came back in the garden, ate from the tree of life, they would have been stuck in their sin forever. There would have been no, no way of getting out of it because they would live in their sinful state and never die. So the curse was death, and everything on earth will eventually die. Eating from the forbidden fruit wasn't merely uh, like, oops, <laughs> sorry, God, I didn't mean to um, touch that button. Oops, sorry, God, I didn't mean to, you know, do that. Sometimes we do that, and, you know, we might do a big mistake or something like that. Um, it was more of a questioning God's authority. And I think a lot of times in life we go around questioning God's authority. We question, does God really mean I shouldn't do that. Does God really mean that I should be done that, that honest? Or does God really mean that I shouldn't lie? What about a little white lie? I just don't want them to think, you know, too badly of me. Or does God really mean I shouldn't be looking at that other person? Or does, does he really, really mean that? You know, maybe there's some fuzziness. You know, let me, let me go ask Zena or Zena, whatever those other gods are, and see what they think about what God thinks. So basically, that's how I look at what Satan was doing. You know, God was mad because here I created these beings, gave you everything, and told you, listen to me. And supposedly, Satan comes around and tempts her, and then she falls. Um, more details concerning the tree of life come after Adam's sin. The Lord God said, the man has become like one of us. God knew what sin was because there was Satan. And he must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat of it and live forever. In his disobedience, Adam lost his eternal life when he took up the tree. And that's why we are cursed. We don't have eternal life until, you know, we all know, you know, we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and then we live and, and, and do all that stuff. But in um, Genesis three twenty two through 24, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man will become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord sent out him in the garden of Eden to work the ground from which it was taken. He drove, he drove out the man 
and at the east of the garden, he placed a cherubim and a flaming sword that turned every way to guard the way to enter the tree of life. So if you think about that, did God say, well, sorry, too bad. You sin and I don't care no more. You're not coming back in. Actually, him, by him doing that, he knew our foolishness and how silly we are to try to run back, make everything right on our own will but without having God make everything right. So he actually saved us so that eventually he, we, he actually did something that we could eventually be saved from our, our, our sin. That would be like us today, mixing other gods with the God of all, talking, um, taking the wisdom from other gods and put them in the place of our God. And a lot of times we start seeing that slowly put in most, most churches. It's never here. So I'm going to ask for the first of the, the question is the start of the curse. The first question is, why would God put a tree in a garden that we can, and I think I just explained it, what that we would do there. There was nothing essential evil about the fruit of the tree. From what I understand, it was usually the fruit for special, it wasn't a fruit for special powers. That it was physically a fruit may contain, you know, maybe it was a fruit, maybe it cont- I'm, not, I'm repetitive, I suppose. <laughs> maybe it was some fruit like vitamin C, maybe it had some vindictive power, but but it, was, but it was not spiritually nutritious. God put the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden to give Adam and Eve a choice to obey him, like I said, or disobey him. Adam and Eve was free to do anything they wanted except to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Do you ever notice that with kids sometimes? You get a, they, here's all this play stuff I gave with you, but don't go over here. Where do they go? They go over there. You know, or don't play over there. Or and sometimes we do that in life ourselves. It's like, man, that literally looks interesting. Why do I want to be good all the time? Let me go over here and just have a little fun. I ain't going to disturb nothing. And I think sometimes we do that. Um, in Genesis two sixteen through seventeen, it says, "And the Lord God commanded the man, You shall be free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die." And that's what the curse was. He's, he's going to die, just like we are all going to die. If God had not given Ed and even the choice, which I'm glad God gives us choices to make, we would walk around like robots. So we do have a choice to decide wrong or right. Even though he's omnipotent, he knows that what choices we're going to do. We are like, we are like that in our own selves. Look at, look at the mushroom. I got a picture of a mushroom coming up here. Some say some can kill you, some can't. But you know what? I think this is a fine mushroom. Look how pretty it is. It's gorgeous looking, red, a little top and all that. I think that you can eat this mushroom. I think, if you know, don't like mushrooms, but this is good. It could be healthy. Look at it. But, you know, who cares what the Missouri conservationist says, okay? You know, they, they don't know nothing. You know, are you sure that they're really right? That's how this thing was with, with, with God in, in the tree of knowledge. This is what Satan was saying. Satan says that to us a lot. He's going to say, come on. You, you can dabble in that sin a little bit. It ain't going to bother you that much. God, yeah, just a little bit here and there so you can feel good, you know. But then what happens? It snaps you and kills you. And that's, you know, that's what happens to us. So... However, the act of disobedient, disobedient was a spiritual detrimental. The sin opened Adam and Eve's eyes. For the first time, they knew it 
it was to be evil, to feel shame, and what to hide from God. A lot of times we are shameful. Oh, man, I did all this sin, you know, and all this. God's not, God's God can't forgive me. Yes, he can. <laughs> God carried more, Jesus carried more sin on the cross than what we think we can bear. And it's just, it just amazing how we would sin and do sinful acts and then think that, we, you know, God can't take care of us. But he can. So, and in two, the sin of disobeying God brought corruption into our lives and into the world. Eating the fruit was an act of disobedience against God. Just like when we eat of things that are not pure, you know, for our spiritual life is disobedience to God. Things that we take in. And, and the knowledge of even knowing that they're naked and unclothed, you know, we, we, the embarrassment of that, you know, and I'm glad we wear clothes. At times we try to be our own gods of our life. We ourselves have not, complete, have not completely given it all to Christ in obedience. We want to keep some of our little sin issues. We want to keep the little secret sins we got because it kind of makes us feel good, you know? you know. You know, our flesh wants to dabble in things like that. Just like God didn't want Adam and Eve to sin, he doesn't want us to sin also. God knew ahead of time what the results of sin would, would be. God knew that like Adam and Eve was sin and then thereby bringing evil, suffering, and death into the world. Why? Then God allows Satan to attempt Adam and Eve. God allowed Satan to attempt Adam and Eve to force them into make the choice. Adam and Eve chose. And on their own free will, God already knows who is going to choose him. But we don't know. But we don't know that's why we keep on preaching the gospel. That's why Pastor and Tim up here always keep preaching the gospel. We don't know who's going to come in and doesn't know Christ. Maybe somebody thinks that they know or they have an idea. But, you know, if you don't know Christ, you know, you're going to die. And, and you, you, you suffer the penalty of Christ. And then um, um, Romans seven twenty four through 25, it says, What a wretched man am I? Who would deliver me from the body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with the, my flesh I will serve I've served the law of sin. So if we look at that clearly, what a wretched man am I? Who will rescue me from the body of death? And that's Jesus Christ. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve your flesh or are you going to serve Christ? And that's what we need to do. We need to think we, we, are, we are guilty with sin. And, there's, and, and I know that's not a church building thing. We should all talk how happy we are. You know, let's go have lollipops and root beer and, you know, and, you know popcorn every night. Throw a big old flashing, you know, movies and say, hey, we're all, you know, preaching the word. And maybe, maybe I'll read a little bit of scripture or something like that. But that's it. I mean, we have to be aware of why do you think we have confession all the time? Because we do have sinful thoughts in our mind. We do sin. We do do things. And it's just, it's, it's part of life, but it's not a life that we enjoy. That's why we come and worship. That's why we come and, and, and be around other people because we realize we've sinned against a God, you know, a holy God. And we know that he doesn't like it. That's why he kicked them out of the garden. So there's a cure for the curse. God knew man was going to fall because he's omnipotent. I can finally say that word. <laughs> I had problems with it earlier, a long time ago. <laughs> omnipotent and omnipresent and all that stuff. All the omnis. God, not Grammys. God saved Adam and Eve from making a permanent mistake that he would make them to live eternally in, in, on, on earth and in their sin. God knew what was going to happen. That's why he stopped them from getting to the tree of life. 
and God eventually has a tree of life at the end, then that's when we accept Christ as our Savior, and then we, we, we will feast eventually on a tree of life. Because of his disobedience, obedience, Adam lost his life. The tree of life and Eden must have had some role to play in maintaining the life of Adam and Eve. And I don't know what it did. It kept everything else going. It was a mercy that God kept us. Um, it was a mercy that God kept us from the tree of life. By bearing access to the tree of life, God showed compassion in his omnipotence, knowing that because of sin, earthly life would be filled with sorrow and toil. God graciously limited the number of years men would live. Can you imagine that? Living forever in sin and, and there's no return. Always living in turmoil. Always living in, 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 in rut or always living you know, with stuff happening to you. But yet, you know, God knew where we were going to go. And he, he gave us a way out. You know, we know that way out is through Jesus Christ. So by limiting our lifespan... You know, and here on today on earth, I'm glad I don't live up to 800 years. I mean, that's a lot. I know my father-in-law always said the first 100 years is the hardest, and it is pretty hard. You know, there isn't much farther to go than that. You know, who wants to live in this world for 100 years? I don't. I mean, if God, that's God's choice, then I'm going to do that. By limiting our lifespan, God gives us enough time to come to know him and his provision for eternal life through Christ. God's... but eternal life through Christ, but spares us the misery of an endless existence in a sinful condition. Isn't that great? I get an amen with that? Amen. All right. There we go. God loves us so much that he sent a redeemer to save us from eternal punishment. As it says in Romans five seventeen, though one man sinned, though one man, Adam sinned, or entered into the world through another man, Jesus Christ's redemption through the forgiveness of sin is available to all. I kind of paraphrased that, didn't I? Here we go. Let's read the verse. For if, because one man trespassed death, reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So, so what he had to do in order to get us that, he had, we needed somebody pure. Just like when they sacrificed the lamb and all that, we needed somebody pure to keep us to keep the, the 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 pay for that penalty to bear all everybody's sins, not just one person's, but all sins for everything. So there's nobody sinful enough that God can never forgive because He took millions of people's sins upon Him, and that's why you know He said, "God, my God, my God, why are they, you forsaken me?" Because He did. God had to turn His back on His own Son because of the sinfulness. But he came through it pure, so that way we, in our own blood, and we can trust in that blood of Jesus Christ. Those who call upon the name of the Lord will receive the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and be rescued to see the tree of life again. The tree of life that was once in the garden. Um, And this was interesting when I was reading in Revelation, and I wish I had more time to do it, but but the tree bears 12 crops of fruit. I was always wondering if that had to do with the 12 12 fruits of the Spirit and all that um, could. It's fruit every month, changing fruit, the same tree. So you know that's all God doing it. We don't have to go find special trees. And the leaves of the trees are the healing of nations. It heals you. Like John wrote in Revelations 22, 1 through 5, which I'm going to just, I think I got it broken up in pieces. Revelations 22, in the eternal state, the curse... 
will be no more, which is in verse 3. The angel showed me the river of water of life, brought as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The access to the tree of life will be reinstated and the darkness will be forever banished because have you ever noticed light always overcomes darkness? Darkness, I mean, we have the light in, lights on in here. You ever see the darkness come and overcome these lights? No, it never does. But a lot of times in, in our lives, we may be shining that light, but we might have darkness coming over into us. But no more would that, no more would we, would we feel that. And verse 5 says, And the night will be no more. There will be no need for light. For the Lord God will be the light, and they will reign forever and ever. This is why we preach the gospel because we don't know, don't know who, <laughs> this is why we preach the gospel because we don't want anyone not to be fed from the tree of life. And I don't know anybody who's, you know, no, there's no light say, hey, I want to be saved. You got to hear the gospel. And then when you hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, you will want it. Some people will refuse and some won't, but that's why we keep on preaching it that's why there's one place in proverbs eleven thirty says the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and whoever captures souls is wise then think of that the fruit of the righteous and i'm not going to do 20 minutes because i only got like 10 a few minutes left but um a wise man a wise man a wise man does not drive souls but he wins them souls cannot be driven the soul that is driven offers no true worship a person can be driven to church by their parents or someone else or friends, but the soul, but not the soul. The soul can be somewhere else. It does not follow because a man is sitting in church that he himself is there. A child brought to church because his parents make it mandatory. The child is not in church. They don't stop looking at your mom. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I, I just knew. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, we can see everything up here, but you're a good boy. I, you're a good young man. The house of God should be joyful and peaceful and loving in a loving atmosphere. So the people will long to go to it. And it should be a place that the soul thirsts to attend. We come here because we thirst for what, you know, when Melanie, Melanie and her team gives worship, we're worshiping God. We're thirsting for that because we're all together in one group and we're strong like a family. And then when we hear God's word, we thirst for, for the righteousness of his word so we can be encouraged, so we can go out into the world. The wise man knows it is good to take a person to a place that is healthy for the soul. This body is going to deteriorate, and the older it gets, the more I feel it and, and all that. And I see my son carrying all of his stuff out with his other friend, and I'm going, oh, man, like that. I, I used to be like that, but my soul is still young. It's still afresh. And that's what we should focus on as a church, the person's soul. You know, it's good we get happy, we have fun, and we enjoy each other. But man, I want to, let's feed the soul. Let's thirst on his righteousness. What is the fruit of righteousness? It's got to be something important because there are 95 incidents of the fruit in the Bible. 462 instances of righteousness in the Bible. That's a lot. So there's, I would think that God's trying to tell us something here. Paul also uses the same thing of the, of that's found in Proverbs eleven thirty when he says um, in Galatians five twenty two through twenty three. Do I get it in there? Nope. Okay. Um, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Notice. <clears throat> look at that. 
Pastor Tim's really good at that keyboard. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then against such things, there's no law. You can't put a law on, on, on this stuff. There's just no way. There's no way for the law. You know, how much can you love somebody? How joyful can you be? You know, sorry, you only can be joyful at rate number two. You only can love at number four. Your long suffering can only last at number six. Then you can give up. You know, we just been through that one this week with Little Hills, and then we're going past. Um, now we're doing the opposite, too, and I think Melanie just did last week. So you should listen to that. So the source of the fruit of righteousness is not righteousness that comes from the law, but what comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends upon faith in Philippians 3, 9 says, I don't have that neither. I thought I'd put these in there. Um, Philippians 3, 9, and be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends upon faith. My righteousness depends upon my faith in Christ. And that's a really good big sermon that we can do. But who are we? So who are you depending upon? So where am I at? Who are you depending upon when you come to church? Or you depend upon certain men and people. If they're there, they're there. Well, I'm not going to go no more because they quit. Are you depending upon, um, what are you depending upon when you come to church? Uh, hopefully you're dependent upon strong, strong, good biblical focus worshiping, which Melanie does an excellent job of that. <clears throat> strong biblical teaching with Pastor Tim does a real job of that. Or, you know, and we don't care. We can be dressed however we want. We're not looking like, we well, only can wear a shirt and tie. Because if you wear a tie and a shirt and long the pants on that, it just shows you how reverent you are. Well, we can always, we can always put on a show for an hour or two. That's easy. But when you come as you are, you're resting because you're coming to feed your soul. You're not coming to, to impress other people. And we should come to church so we can be fed. Who, who are you willing to depend upon when you go home? Are you dependent upon certain people? Are you dependent upon what you heard from, from church to carry it home? Or are you, are you taking care of your soul when you go home too also? Because this is important. Proverbs 3, 8 says, She is a tree of life to them that lay hold of her. Those who hold fast are called blessed. And we know all those blessed is the man that walked, in, you know, and we got all those blessings ones. Though this is an outworth growth of righteousness from within. We don't, produce the righteousness with our own self-will it comes from the holy spirit that lives in us first this process doesn't happen until we are called so till we are called by him and then we put our faith in christ as paul writes in roman whoever should call upon the name of the lord shall be saved it's not whoever should live righteously and wears a certain time wear slacks and pants and whoever goes to church four times a day pray eight times a day should be, uh, i can go on, and on we could never live under that could we and i got exhausted trying to think of it <laughs> this then as then, then as we take from this fruit and retain it in our hearts, it begins to flow outwardly in our actions. Just like when we're aggravated, what happens? Outwardly aggravation flows because we let it come in. When we bring the Spirit of the Lord inside of us, what comes out? When we, we bring the fruit of the Spirit and listen to God, all those blessings come out. For what, for what tree are you putting in? Yeah, for what tree are you getting your fruit of righteousness for your spiritual growth? 
Is your growth, are you getting a tree of knowledge and good and evil where you think of evil for people? Are you gonna, what do you, you want to re- reach from the tree of, of life? So, I'm almost done, believe it or not. So, how about the fruit of righteousness? <clears throat> Going back to Genesis, as I talk about the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and we talked about how Adam and them, they lived. Um, Matthew 7, 17 says, So every breath bears, bears good fruit, but the disease bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. So what kind of tree are you guys being? I'm not trying to be like, hey, we're all trees. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Here's my branch and here's my... Oh, that one. So anyways, that's just something to think about. I'm getting off. We don't live by what man sees as righteousness. I've seen it change over the years, as I always joke about back in the day. But as a young kid, see, you want to think what's righteousness and what's not. It changes, but everybody always looks on the outside. But what's on the inside? The word of the Lord stands forever. And um, it's just not the new soul, but others like faith that we're nourishing. We're nourishing one another here in our group. In our small group, we nourish one. How you doing? How's it going? We care about each other. It's nourishing everybody. So why is capturing souls wise? I want to capture your soul to, so you can focus on Christ. Maybe you go home and say, what was that that Jim was talking about? You know, so you go and read the Bible more. Then the second part of Proverbs 11.30 says that whosoever should capture souls is wise. The initial implication is that capturing souls is bringing people into the kingdom of God. However, this is more than, than that. This speaks about winning a person over. And it's not me. You win per- people over by your kindness, by being nice. What do you get? What's the saying? You get more out of honey than you do vinegar. You know, you can see it's easier for someone to listen to you if you have built a relationship with them and you won them over. If I come up here and, then, you know, spitting fire and brimstone, you guys don't know me, you guys are going to eventually shut up. You're going to quit. Let's live in the hope that we will be one day living in the presence of God, feeding from the tree of life. Don't break that union. There's a union that we have, and that's what, um, that's what Adam and Eve did. They broke the union. They disobeyed. Just like when we disobey our parents, when we disobey God, we're breaking that union from him. That's why it's important, and I know my sister's going to get the, 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 um, the communion cups, is, is um, God... The Gover encourages the Father in heaven. So when we take communion, and which we're about ready to do, the communion represents what, 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 what we believe. We believe that Jesus' blood and body was broken for us, and, and his blood was shed on the cross. So every, that's why we do it every Sunday, so we can remember we are here for one purpose, because we're serving Christ, because our love is for Christ. And so... I got ahead of everything, too. I need a cup, too, please. <laughs> as, uh, as, as our sister Chris is passing out the, um, the cups, thank you. So here we got, you know, the blood in this. You know, when Jesus was in the, um, the Last Supper, you know, that was the Last Supper with him, but the disciples and God and Jesus all had one thing in common, and that common was their faith in that, that Jesus was the true Messiah who he said he was. And that's why we today, the importance of not just, we just don't, hey, everybody take your, your communion and your bread before you come in. But this is important. 
This is reminding all those who accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, as we say, have on the screen the Lord's Supper, and believe in their heart that, that if they were to die tonight, that they'll go to heaven. Because we believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that his body was broken for us. And that's why we partake of this. So you want to pray, and then we'll do our... <clears throat> on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread... He broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In like manner, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for you under the remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. We're told in 1 Corinthians that as often as we do this, what do we do? We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We are proclaiming that saving exactly. that our brother has been preaching about tonight. Let's come before our God as we prepare our hearts to partake. Lord, we come before you as those who need you. We need your fruit. We need what can come only by the power of your Holy Spirit. What a joy it is that you invite us to come to the heavenly banquet, to, to, to feast upon the very nourishment that you provide. And so it is by the power of your Holy Spirit we ask that you would take these elements and that you would, you would feed us with the body, excuse me, the body and the blood of our Savior Jesus. Lord, we need you both now and forever. For in our own strength we are weak, but through your power you enable us to do the things that we are made to do and we have the joy of being in your fellowship. Would you give us that joy now? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. The blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. Take and drink. Um, just once you give, when we sing this next song, um, Wonderful Cross, just kind of, if you get every, maybe once in a while, just look at the words or, or just meditate, and then if there's something that God has spoken to you, maybe you need to, you know, ask Him or or with that, or just think of that wonderful cross, you know, because without that, there would be none of this. If God wouldn't have stopped the um, Adam and Eve from going back to the tree of life, we would have none of this. So it just makes you think of how merciful our God was, knowing that how we are like sheep and go astray. So, Amen. Melanie, let's all stand and sing.